0: You're listening to a real piece of work. (laughs) I probably shouldn't say it that way. You're listening to a real piece of work, a jobs podcast for aspiring professionals brought to you by WVIK, Quad Cities NPR, and Junior Achievement of the Heartland. Now here's your hosts, Matt and Joy.
1: Joy, how you doing today,
0: Matt? I am as excited as I always am. Um, always excited for a new guest, and I think I'll let you do the introductions with this one, as I'm not as familiar with uh, Sarah and her role. So I guess uh, maybe let us know where she came from, um, how we have the opportunity and the privilege of speaking to Sarah today.
1: Sure. Well, I, I think you're, again, being maybe a little humble on this one. I, may, I think everybody is familiar with product that this individual is responsible for bringing to the world um, and I think put smiles on a lot of faces. And I think we do need to thank the uh, folks at the Quad City Chamber of Commerce for a, a soft introduction to Sarah Organ, who is the plant manager at Kraft Heinz in Davenport, Iowa. So, Sarah, welcome to a real piece of work, the job podcast for young people.
2: Awesome! Thank you guys so much for the opportunity to speak with you today. I'm I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Well, uh, let's jump into it then. So, if if you don't mind, again, keeping that lens on of we're talking to primarily high school students, but it could be anybody listening today. What exactly does it mean to be a plant manager at Kraft Heinz, and what and what do you do there? What do, What does Kraft Heinz do there? Yeah,
2: loaded question, right? Uh, sure. No, we. Um, For me to be a plant manager, I have the opportunity to work with extremely talented individuals at all levels of our organization, right? So you said it in your intro, we bring products to the United States, to our local communities. I'm super proud to represent Oscar Mayer and Kraft Heinz. So in my role as plant manager, I'm really responsible for keeping the day-to-day operations uh, moving smoothly and making sure that we're executing against all of our targets and our goals and really putting people first. So we employ at my facility almost 800 individuals across hourly and salaried um, pulling from all areas of the quad cities, which is really awesome. We've got a really diverse population and so many talented individuals uh, that I get to work with on a daily basis. So for me, a typical day could be you know leading a training, uh, walking the production floor, getting ideas from all levels of the organization, or it could be interfacing with our corporate teams, figuring out the plan to deliver the quarter. Uh, To deliver the year. So I'm in a unique position where I get to interface with the day to day operations of my facility, but also um, leveling up and providing information to our corporate teams and our senior leadership. So I'm kind of the liaison of Kraft Heinz Davenport to Kraft Heinz as a corporate organization.
0: So, if you could, for both myself and for I think the listeners too. Um, what does your kind of career history look like? How does someone like you get? Because it sounds to me like you have experiences cross functionally um, when you're talking about all the things that you're doing. So, so what leads a person down the route of becoming a plant manager, um, and the experiences that you would need to get to a role such
2: as yours? Sure, excellent question. And I think I'm a little bit of an anomaly, actually. Um, my background is not what some would consider consider a traditional plant manager trajectory, um, which I think is really special when you think about Kraft Heinz and how they focus on people's different skill sets to be able to execute in roles like this. So for me personally, I started with Kraft Heinz 13 years ago, right out of school. Um, I went to the University of Illinois. I'm a food science and chemistry major. So not something that you would necessarily associate with a, a manufacturing plant manager, But started my career in one of our other sister facilities down in Champaign, Illinois, very close to my alma mater. Um, I worked in the plant as a a supervisor of quality initially, and then I got experience in production supervision and sanitation. Uh, So really grew a love and appreciation for the manufacturing environment by being in those roles. Um, from there, I tapped into my food science background, uh, finally getting an opportunity to do some product development and research and development. Um, so that moved me from Champaign to Glenview, Illinois, or a suburb of Chicago. I spent about five years in that role, leading teams, developing products like Kraft Mac and Cheese, working on ketchup, uh, really working on iconic brands and getting to the science level of it. Um, then I had the itch to get back into operations to some capacity. So slid over into what we call a supply chain development role, which is really a a central hub of operations from a corporate standpoint that actually um, becomes the liaison between the corporate operations group and our plant teams. So I was able to interface with about five manufacturing sites um, across the United States that made a variety of products, helping them to implement new product uh, launches commercialization of products, which means basically from idea to um, implement, and then also working on cost improvement initiatives and things of that nature. Um, And then I really wanted to actually be based in a plant again. I couldn't get it out of my system, right? Kind of like in our intro. I love being able to interface with all levels of the organization and learn from the people that are doing the work. Um, So I moved into my current role as plant manager almost a year ago now uh, here in Davenport. So As you said, Joy, I've had the opportunity to work in cross-functional roles, um, see different areas of the organization, and I think that's helped kind of complement what my team does. I know a little bit about each of their roles and can kind of help break down barriers for them by having some of that experience.
1: So, Sarah, could you expand a little bit upon that then? Is that something that, as an organization, they're intentionally creating those opportunities? Are you asking for those opportunities? to get that cross-functional training so that you're prepared to where you're at now? or Yeah, uh, excellent question.
2: I'd say it's a little bit of both, right? And I think that especially um, in the last five to 10 years, Kraft Heinz has really positioned themselves in a way to draw talent by creating opportunities. And so we live through what we call meritocracy, right? So for some of the listeners that may not be familiar with that term, basically it's based on your merit or your performance or your drive and willingness to, move to the next level to try different things, it's rewarded. So we look for talented individuals as an organization that show the ability um, to try new things and to deliver results. And we put people in stretch assignments to get those cross-functional experiences because I think having somebody that brings a variety of backgrounds and uh, functions to the table really helps make them a well-rounded leader. So it is somewhat on the individual to show the passion and the drive and to, to find the opportunities and raise their hand and say, hey, you know, I'd like to try that. And I think Kraft Heinz as an organization really breaks down those barriers and those silos and says, okay, great, let's give it a shot. And so combined, those two things have allowed myself as well as a lot of my peers and individuals that I work with every day to experience different roles and functions.
0: I love that you highlighted that. I don't necessarily have a question, just a follow-up comment on that. Is more that both the company and the individual play a huge part in that, because if if the company's not willing to recognize that and to see that, um, what is the employee going to put forth the effort? So I love that you highlighted that. I love that Kraft Heinz um, as you mentioned to begin with, is just putting their people first and recognizing that those cross-functional experiences, there's kids listening right now um, that I'm hoping are listening to you saying, raise your hand if you see something that's interested, or if there's something in another cross-functional group that, that kind of piques your interest, go ask, just go Absolutely. ask, because it's so hard to do sometimes, right?
2: Absolutely. And I think um, what I really appreciate too is the reputation of Kraft Heinz I think is starting to become known for that. So as we recruit talent from, um, I think we may have lost Matt. Um, As we uh, continue to recruit talent and we have programs where we actually pull people from uh, universities, they already come into the interview knowing that about Kraft Heinz that, hey, I heard that I'm able to try some different things, find my footing, see what I'm passionate about. And if you don't raise your hand and say, Hey, I'd like to explore this further, you know, you may not get tapped on the shoulder, but Kraft Heinz is so willing to back and support people and put people in positions to try those things that it's, it's, I'm very proud that as a company, we're starting to get a reputation for that.
0: So Sarah, you mentioned to us that you originally went to school and your degree was in, is it food science chemistry? Was that the degree? So did you have a dream job when you first got into that and you decided that's what you were going to major in and start studying? Um, did you have a job in mind? And is the job that you're in anywhere near what you had kind of dreamed of, if you want to call it a dream job?
2: Great question. And I did switch to my headset, so hopefully you guys can hear still hear me okay. Um, so that's a great question. I knew as early as high school and even before that, that I was obsessed with food and I wanted to do something in the food industry. And so it's actually interesting going into college and choosing my degree. I did not start as a food science and chemistry major. So my first uh, semester and a half, I was actually a human nutrition major. And I started those classes and it was really interesting, but it was much more um, like medically focused, right? Which is super important, but not necessarily scratching the itch around food science um, or food rather. And it was actually a conversation with my counselor and I kind of explained, I'm in this conundrum, I'm, I'm in this major, I don't know if I love it. I wish there was something that I got the science-y element, but was closer to food. And she said, well, there's a program called food science, And so I switched um, the beginning of my sophomore year, and that's really when I fell in love with kind of the idea of science and um, how you can apply it to the food industry. And so dream job at that time for me was to start in research and development, um, to be able to develop products and get down to the molecule level of food and make things that people love and that's unique and innovative. And so for me, when I first started my career, jumping right into the plant environment had nothing to do with food science, right? I mean, there's elements of quality um, that tie back to food science as you think about food safety. But initially, I was not doing what I thought that I was going to do. However, um, it was related. And eventually, I was able to do that. But from a dream job perspective, I think that I, I was able to achieve a dream job that I didn't know that I had if that makes sense. Um, by jumping into the plant environment, I tried something a little bit different that was tangible to my, my dream job. And it led me to a completely different place now in my career that I couldn't see myself really doing anything else. So I would encourage the listeners, if you think you have an idea, you know, follow those passions, but be willing to explore other things and how they relate. Um, maybe not directly, but indirectly to what what you thought you wanted, because I think had I started my career in research and development, which is what I thought I wanted to do, um, I don't know that I'd end up in the seat that I'm in, right? Because it was the plant experience that really drove the passion for what I'm doing now.
1: I love that answer, Sarah. And uh, one of the things that I want to follow up there related to it, and i'm I'm gonna make a leap here that your world, like the world I play in for a full-time job, is I'm guessing fairly male dominated. It is. So in that vein and being the father and part of the reason why this podcast exists, because I have a daughter and I want her to know that the world is her oyster. She just has to figure out what that oyster looks like. Um, We have a question from a high school junior uh, at Davenport Assumption, Addie Williamson. She's got a question here for you. You think that really applies to the space you play in? Um, And I think you'll uh, welcome this with open arms. So here we go. Addie Williamson.
2: Hi, my name is Addie Williamson, and I am an 11th grader at Assumption High School. I was wondering, what are some of the challenges of being a woman in a male-dominated work setting? I love this question. So thank you, Addie, for the question. Um, I've gotten asked this a lot throughout my entire career. Um, There's been roles that I've taken that have been maybe on more of an even playing field, but being a plant manager uh, in a manufacturing site is definitely more a male-dominated position. Um, I will say one of the things that I really appreciate about Kraft Heinz is there's a strong push to be more diverse and inclusive and start to bring in leaders that don't uh, look like the leaders of the past, right? And so for me, uh, coming up in my career, I really had to battle some imposter syndrome big time. You know, I knew that I was capable and I knew that I could do it. But being put in situations where you're the only woman in the room or you're the only woman that's uh, around the table can be intimidating. And at times I felt like I needed to prove more that I was deserving of being in that seat. And as I've gained confidence uh, in my ability to do my job and to execute and to lead a team, that's really started to. To go away, but it can be intimidating. And I've had an opportunity to speak to young um, leaders within the organization and people that are just starting out with Kraft Heinz and share my career journey. And the advice that I always give them is never, uh, never settle. Right? Never cut yourself short. Ask yourself, why not me? How do I get that opportunity? How do I put myself out there and not be afraid to have a voice and to take up space and to take a seat at the table because everybody is. Deserving, So it's kind of getting over that mental hurdle first, um, but I found that once I got past that, you know, the sky's the limit. And I think luckily for us um, in these industries where more women are becoming uh, leaders, some of that's starting to go away. And it's super exciting to see in all industries now the the playing field is starting to be a little bit more even. So along with
0: that, and honestly, I just want to take everything you said and put it on like a billboard and frame it and <laughs> it to all of the girls. Put it on and a T-shirt that because that was phenomenal. Um, <laughs> but but along with that. Um, I always believe in just mentors and mentorship. and I always think there's those one or two people that they say just the one thing or they give you that little boost of confidence that you're like, you know what? yeah, I can do that. and and listening to you talk, I feel like you know was there someone along your journey or your path a mentor or someone that that gave you that confidence, that gave you that ability to to step up to that table of in the, in the male domi- you know dominated industry and say, yes, you can do this, Sarah, you go get it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I've been really fortunate that there's been some great examples of female leaders within my organization that I've looked up to and reached out to as I've started my career. And uh, we've got support groups effectively within Kraft Heinz. We've got a women's BRG, a women in manufacturing. Kraft Heinz has done an excellent job carving out the space for women to support each other and to uplift each other and find ways to progress our careers and so I've had several mentors within Kraft Heinz and external to Kraft Heinz seeing somebody in a position that you aspire to be that looks like you and is another woman is a huge motivator and confidence boost that hey if they can do it so can I um, and I've also had mentors that have been male that have also pushed me to get out of my comfort zone and I think one thing that I've learned throughout this process of my career journey is sometimes people feel and women especially feel like I need to have every single box checked before I would even consider going for that promotion or trying that out and it's like no way you you're smart you can figure it out take the leap what do you have to lose and that's been like the best piece of advice that I've gotten is put yourself out there. You have nothing to lose and uh, you'll be able to figure it out as you go. Right. And having that confidence uh, to be able to try something, I think has been the best piece of advice is to believe in yourself. And that's what a lot of my mentors have shared with me.
1: So Sarah a little bit of a follow up to that. Um, You've been doing this for 13 years. well, uh, what? one quick, real quick question, yeah. almost as a backup. What does your plant produce?
2: Oh, great question. <laughs> uh, so we are an Oscar Mayer facility. We produce the Deli Fresh brand of Oscar Mayer lunch meats. And we also produce the turkey and ham that you'll find in your favorite Lunchables items.
1: Awesome. So I think- Is bologna
2: times- in there? Uh, we one of our sister facilities produces uh, the baloney, but yes, and I only ask because I'm a national
0: Calendar girl Day and today is, I think National <laughs> baloney Day. Hey, you' right throw that out there.
2: <laughs> That's a great anecdote. and actually one of our sister plants uh, had a baloney celebration over the weekend in honor of baloney Day. So we are we're meatheads, as we say um, on my team and we love we love to support Oscar Meyer.
1: <laughs> so it- You'd mentioned. Uh, thank you for clarifying what we're we're literally getting from your plant. Um, within the plant, you're you're symbolically or literally the top of the food chain. I'm <laughs> guessing there's a bunch of other career paths within your space. There. My question goes to more of you know whether it's I'm a, a new hire that's um, coming in and I'm coming straight out of high school or I'm 20 years removed. What are the types of jobs and can I make a buck working for you?
2: Absolutely. So the great thing about a company of our size and specifically my plant is we have uh, positions at all levels of the organization. So as you mentioned, somebody coming out of high school, they can move right into our hourly workforce and there's a ton of upward mobility. And with that comes incremental uh, dollars, right? And so we love to promote within. We love to give opportunities to people. And that could go... Uh, across a variety of different avenues. So we have a quality department here. We have a maintenance department here. We have a powerhouse department here. We have planning and logistics. Like we are basically a small business working for a big company. So under my roof, I I like to run our operation as though we're an independent company. And with that, you have all the key functions, finance, HR. And so there's so many opportunities for people to discover what their passions are. And what's so cool. And I love this fact is on my salaried staff. So my direct managers that um, support me, they almost all have worked their way up as an hourly employee, you know, some 20 years ago, some 35 years ago, and now they're the manufacturing manager, they're the materials manager, they're the safety manager. And so for me, And what I tell all the new higher orientation classes is the sky is truly the limit. And it goes back to what I uh, mentioned before that just like at the corporate world, if you say, hey, I'm interested in this is the same as in my factory. So if somebody comes right out of school and they say, I'm really passionate about quality, how do I get involved? All right. How do we how do we get you that experience? How do we get you that exposure? How do we give you the opportunity to grow your career here? And it's it's just so exciting for me because we've seen people move into supervisor roles, salaried positions, management. Uh, so really there is a ton of opportunity and we are super competitive within the the workplace or the workspace in, in the Quad Cities and beyond. So I think that people will find that they can make a really reliable uh, and stable uh, salary and uh, be able to provide for their families and have the opportunity to continue to grow that.
1: Appreciate that answer. Uh, Joy, any more burning questions you got out there? Otherwise, I may pivot depending to on into our typical wrap up.
0: I think the only one that I have that I'm always interested in, I think like when my kiddos listen to the the podcast, they like to know, too, there's generally always something, maybe not always in in, in an individual's job that they don't like but they have to do and kind of how you overcome it. There's different ways that people overcome different things that they don't like to do. Right. And everyone's job. Most of the time there's going to be those one or two things. And so do you have anything in your job that you don't really love to do? And how do you, how do you get past that? How do you work through it? Because you have, there's certain jobs that just have to be done.
2: Yeah, no, it's a great question. And I think for me, it's nice because there's so much variability in my day to day that it kind of keeps things really interesting There are, of course, a couple of things like more housekeeping items that are like the logistics, got a document, whatever it is. Uh, I don't want to say busy work, but sometimes there's just things that you have to knock out and... At times, it can be seen as a little bit tedious, but to me, it's such a small portion of my overall responsibility that I try to knock those things out first, kind of get them out of the way so I can really focus on the things that I think are most meaningful. Um, One of the other things that as a company we're really focusing on is kind of breaking down the bureaucracy uh, to be able to make decisions and uh, be autonomous. And I think that that's helped to remove a lot of the things that maybe in the past were not as loved or as interesting as part of the job. And so I think the company has been making a really conscious effort to take away things that maybe aren't value added day to day so that people like myself and my teams can focus on what really matters and how to um, drive the best results and meaningful actions. So maybe that didn't answer your question completely. There there are some of those tedious things, but I think the variability of what I get to do keeps the rest so interesting that it's such a small portion of my day.
0: You absolutely answered the question. I think what I love most is just talking to to the the people who are out there listening to the podcast that just get them done. The few things that maybe you don't like, put them, put it on your calendar, cross them off, get them done. I think that's, you know, that's a uh, great
2: great tip and great piece of advice. I am obsessed with lists. (laughs) I love nothing more than to cross something off of a list. So I try to start the day by putting those tasks that like, all right, I got to do this. It's not, you know, necessarily the most fun or interesting thing, but I have to do it, and then I can knock it out early on in the day, prioritize to just get them out of the way, and then focus on the stuff that I enjoy the most.
1: I'm just sitting here smiling as literally I my a vision of my wife just came to mind. That is, yeah, you know,
2: well, I know the yet all, today, If that helps at all, yeah, I'm holding up my notebook here for those listening that you know I've got my daily my daily list and. Nothing is more My satisfying. My husband's in three hours.
0: That's the time I have to mow the grass. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, Sarah, this has really been a heck of a fun conversation like most of these interviews are. And uh, But one thing we always like to try to wrap up with is, you know, pause for a second. I know it was a few years ago, but if you could look at 16-year-old Sarah in the eye, what would you tell her to keep doing, stop doing, maybe start doing? know, to increase your chances of, you know, post high school, high school success and happiness.
2: Got it. So I would say to my 16 year old self, you know, keep dreaming because I really at a young age, and I I think that this stems back to my family, they were extremely supportive of me um, trying new things and reaching for the stars at a young age. And so I think that helped me to not limit myself in terms of what I thought I was capable of. So I definitely would encourage my prior self or my younger self to keep doing that. And I would encourage everyone listening to that, you know, there's nothing holding you back from whatever it is that you want to do. Dream it and you can put it into the world as reality, right? Um, Stop doing, I would say um, to my 16-year-old self, uh, stop questioning what's possible. So I know that that kind of goes hand in hand with what I just said. I was a dreamer, but I also, I think, did put some guardrails on what I thought was possible at times. And I would say that I never in a million years at 16 would have thought that I would be in this, the role that I'm in now. Um, and I'm really proud of myself. And I think my 16 year old self would be proud too. But um, I never thought that I'd be sitting in the plant manager seat running a, a factory of 800 people. Uh, so I would say, you know, hand in hand, don't don't let what you think is possible hold you back. Uh, and then start doing, I would say at a, at 16, I wish that I would have explored a little bit more um, my passions. I, I mentioned to you guys that I thought that I was really interested in the food space and I was, and I, I kind of knee jerk got into human nutrition because I wasn't really sure how how I could complement my passions and put it into academia or put it into a career or what that could look like. And so I wish that back then I would have taken a little bit more time to listen to podcasts like yours, do the research, start to think about what opportunities even exist, right? Because as I'm dreaming, I still was in this like kind of narrow-minded idea of what was even available to me. Mm. So I wish that I would have taken more advantage of like my guidance counselors in high school and what types of colleges offer what types of programs and even just exploring websites listening to podcasts and doing my homework and my research to see what career paths are out there um, to really help me make a better decision as i moved into my my next chapter of life whether that for those listening is getting right into the uh workforce finding a trade school getting into a university whatever it may be i'd say make sure that you're you're thinking about what that future could look like for yourself so you're setting yourself up for success
1: Awesome answer and Sarah you really are a real piece of work and we really appreciate you being a part of the podcast today. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you guys so much. It's been a pleasure and a blast.